<laughs> hey, what's going on, baby? What's happening, people? What's happening? Hey, hey, what's good? Hey, welcome back to Try Podcast. Um, hope you're doing very well. Today is the 6th of April, 2023. And I just want to start. I don't know what's going on. Um, 2023 really said, look, I'm going to be here for five minutes. Um, Tops, 2023 is not trying to hang around, yeah? 2023 has things to do. We are the ones holding 2023 up. And it's crazy. I remember where I was on the 31st of December, 2022. I remember everything that happened that day. And that feels like it was a couple of days ago. Okay, maybe not. It feels like it was last month, but it wasn't. It was four months ago. It's crazy how fast the year is running. It's crazy how old. Can we talk about how old we're getting like i know this is not the, everyone's favorite topic there's some people that are like i'm me i'm 18 no don't age me please don't age me okay i'm like look hey really and truly we can't avoid it like i'm turning 28 in a few weeks two eight 20 plus eight 21 plus seven like 24 plus four i i i, I, I 30 minus two that's how old i'm turning i'm two from 30 like i always used to look at when i was like what 16 17 i'm like right these 30 year olds need to chill like you guys are in a whole different generation you don't understand me and here i am and i got some cousins and i got nieces and i'm feeling out of the loop man i'm like yo what's all this stuff you lot got going on and they look at me as unk they call me uncle sam uncle uncle I have uncles. Why are they calling me uncle? It does not make any sense. But we just have to roll with it. We just have to make um, lemonade out of lemons. Not saying your life is full of lemons. But I am saying um, in any situation, look at it as an opportunity for growth. So there are so many things I wanted to do when I was in my early 20s and mid 20s. And now I'm, oh my gosh, late 20s. What? It's so peak. You know, when you're filling out forms, 1995 you need to scroll further now before you don't even need to scroll it was there like it was there when were you born 18th april you don't need to start scrolling up like now i have to scroll up and up and sometimes i'm feeling some of these websites are bare slow in it so they make it seem like you're older than you actually are i'm like why this why am i scrolling for time to find my age like what's going on but anyway you gotta make the best of it i'm getting older i'm getting wiser by the special grace of god and I think every other area of my life is is better than it was a year ago. And that's one of the beautiful things about getting older. You just accumulate wisdom so much faster. You accumulate wealth because, you know, that you start to diversify streams of income and you start to become incredibly self-sufficient, you know, way more than you were in your early 20s. Um, it's just an opportunity to just do it. Just do it, be happy and celebrate life because... The same way we are saying, oh my gosh, we're growing older. We're going to be here when we're 60 going, where did all the time go? So please keep on loving Jesus and enjoy your life. Yes, the two of them can coexist. Can, can I don't know. Can I? Thank you. Thank you. Very, thank you. I was wondering where those clams were. Um, The two of them can coexist. You can, you can love Jesus. You can enjoy your life. I'm not saying that you go to the club. Don't, don't have to go to the club. But I'm saying you can do other things. Go traveling, man. Go out with your friends. Like, enjoy. Go out for a little drink or something. Like, 
you know, like be merry, you know, be happy, be joyful, you know, go for games nights. Like, I don't know, go on a solo holiday. Like you don't have to wait for everyone in your squad to be ready because sometimes it feels like you're waiting for an eternity. And I'm talking to myself right now because I've got a couple of men, yeah, that I've been asking them for six years now. Now, I'm not, not even exaggerating. It's been like six years. I've been asking the man them, yo, can we go to like Paris? Pa- Come on, Paris. Come on, Paris, that we can even take a train. To, to get the man them to be organizers, it's peak. But anyway, we're here and the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. All right, so I did say we would continue with some Q&As and I saw some really cool questions here that I wanted to kind of dig into. So let's just get straight into it. Um, so the first one is kind of kind of cool. You recently spoke about being tired and taking a break. What do you enjoy doing to relax? So I'm uh, I'm a bit of an introvert. I, I like my own space. I like my own um, surroundings. So I'm a homebody as well, which doesn't help because I love to be at the house. So most of the time, if I'm not like touring, and even recently when I do tour now, I try to get like an extra day or two. Hey, can I see the city? I want to just relax. Just want to go for a nice meal, see the place, be a bit of a tourist. So what I do to relax when I am on tour, I try to do both work and, you know, play or work and fun. So I do like to sightsee. But when I'm in my house, I just rest. I watch YouTube. And on that topic, isn't it funny how like YouTube and Netflix have taken over television? Like I I live in a one bedroom flat right now and I don't have a television. And my life is the same like as when I was with my parents with a massive TV in the living room. Like it's the same. I just think it's so cool how the subtle like phasing out of TVs have become. Um, and nowadays, if you're going to get a TV, you just got to make a statement of it. So you got those like, what, 80 inch, I don't know, 150,000 inch TV, smart screen, LG 4K, 4,000, 4.52 inch. I don't know. It's just mad. But you got to make a statement. So it's either you just go for them or you just don't have a TV. Like I watch all my series, all my, all the sermons that I want to watch, all the stuff I want to get into. All of it is on my Mac. I do not need a television. But I do um, watch some series. Like, I'm not one of those guys who's so dedicated to one series. Like, you know them, man, like, oh, don't tell me how it ends. Like, I want to see it myself. I don't I, I don't care like that, man. At the end of the day, I don't think I've found, like, any series that's, you know, gripped me so much that I'm so passionate about it. Um, there was a series that came out in, in, in Nigeria. It's called King of Boys. It's actually a movie. It's like a sequel. And that was probably the most invested I've been in any sort of series. You know, it was so good. It was so good. If you know about King of Boys, hey, just drop 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 me a shout out on Twitter or something, man. I need to know where the KOB army are. Come on. Shout out to Big Sis Kemi Adityba as well, man. She's incredible. But that's what I love to do for fun. So I've been asked, how do you lead worship without it turning into a performance or feeling like a performance? This is a very good question. Um, I love to keep the center of, you know, the whole worship experience on Jesus Christ. So what I mean by that is from the preparation with the band and with the team, I'm always like, guys, okay, you're incredibly gifted singers. You're incredibly gifted musicians. Can I invite you to leave all your skills before we get on stage? Just leave it at the altar. Like we've prepped for it. We've rehearsed for it like crazy again, because, you know, God loves excellent things and he loves things done well. So I'm not negating that factor. However, I am saying that I push the team to go. 
I know I'm really good at this, but I'm not going to take this mentality of I am sufficient in and of myself to play this, play these songs. And I try to get them to rely on the Holy Spirit. And I love to just leave everything that I know. Okay, I know how to lead a worship song. I know what song would go well after this. But if in the moment the Holy Spirit is like, dude, I think we should go into a time of praise. I think we should go into a time of repentance or a reconciliation. I have to switch it up. I have to be obedient because it's not about my personal satisfaction. Um, it's really funny because a, a lot of the the moments in worship that I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed have come when I've led songs that I didn't particularly like. I, you know, I hear a worship song. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's all right. But um, being obedient to the Lord in those moments, he's like, no, sing that song. That song um, is needed for now, for this very moment. And I've led it. And I've just seen the Holy Spirit move in such a powerful way. And, you know, those things have taught me that it's leading worship is also not about personal preference. So when you approach a worship set with that mindset, it's not going to be a performance because you're not doing things that you want to perform. You're not singing a song that, oh, when it gets to the bridge, the way my voice sits on this note is sick. I can't wait to get to the bridge so people can watch me hit this note. When you start doing that, yeah, alarm bells should start ringing off like serious alarm bells because now you're making it about yourself. And there's a beautiful song called Heart of Worship. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come and it goes, I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself. That part, I'll bring you more than a song always makes me go, my heart posture always has to be in the right place in order to lead worship, um, in order to lead people into, you know, that space where they can encounter you know Jesus because that's our job as worship leaders we lead them into that space where they can encounter we or we facilitate rather an environment where they're comfortable enough to start to let go of all these things that have held them back from encountering Christ um and it's the beautiful thing about being a worship leader because it's so it's so I don't know humbling when someone comes in you can see them walk in they're sat at the back arms in their pockets, not even in, interested. And by the end of the set, they've got their eyes closed. They don't even have their arms raised, but their eyes are closed. That change from I'm not interested to I'm just even going to acknowledge the presence of God right now, that's a big win. And I think at times as worship leaders, just to go into this whole, you know, because we're on this topic, sometimes worship leaders can get too drawn into a physical expression from the congregation as a sign that your worship is doing bits, <laughs> you know, like as a worship leader, the physical expression as in people dancing, jumping, crying, lifting their hands on their knees, rolling on the floor, wailing and shouting. That's not a sign that the Holy Spirit necessarily is doing the work because the Holy Spirit works internally. I'm not saying that physical expressions, you know, can't be um, evidence that the worship is great, but I'm saying it should not be the focal point. You know, everyone looks on the outside, but the Lord looks at the heart and he deals internally first with people. Um, so I've learned that if I'm in a place of worship and it looks or it seems like people aren't feeling it or people aren't engaging, a lot of those times people come up to me often to be like, yo, I just had such a profound encounter with the Holy Spirit, you know, while you were leading worship. And it's encouraged me so much to walk in confidence when I climb on a stage as long as number one, Jesus is the center. Number two, he's the one I adore and the one I'm there to serve. And number three, I'm leading people by the leading of his Holy Spirit. 
Um, don't get me wrong. There are there are moments where you want you know congregational songs of joy to make it easier for people to engage with. But please don't make it about yourself. And the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit does, which is move, transform, and turn things around. That's <laughs> that's the power of the God we serve, man. You know, that's the power of the God we serve. Amen. I've also been asked something um, really important. How do you know? Or how does one get to know their purpose and what area you are meant to serve God in? From my experience, this is just Samuel um, answering this question. I believe there are certain things, your purpose in life um, can have different expressions. However, your purpose is to serve God and make him known on this earth. The Great Commission, go out and make disciples. That's our purpose. How that fits into our everyday life is dependent on the type of life that we have. Are you, you know, what do you do for a living? Um, what are you passionate about? What are you interested in, et cetera, et cetera? Um, that's what I think. I mean, there are some people who obviously walk in that Great Commission purpose. So like Christian artists, evangelists, pastors, um, ministers, but there are also other people who um, work in their purpose of the Great Commission in their places of work. So there are people who do things or evangelize during your lunchtime hours. So my question would be um, understanding the, the, the one singular purpose that all believers have and challenging yourself to fit into that. Because whether we like it or not, we've been commissioned, like we've been given an assignment, a task. Go out, make disciples. Go out, spread the love of God. Go out, live in a way that glorifies God to the point where people start to ask, why is this person so different? Like, be a light. Let your light shine so bright that others may see your good works and glorify Father in heaven. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. We are the salt of the earth. So these are all like, hey, hey, go out there and stand out. Go out there and be different and proclaim the love of Christ. Proclaim the glory of God in this earth. Be God's hands, be God's feet. Now, I guess the second part of the question was areas you're meant to serve in. If you're talking in the church context, I always tell people, man, hey, do what um, you're passionate about because you won't have to be asked twice to do things. If you just love talking to people and if you're a raging extrovert, you just love people. You can serve on the welcome team. You can be an usher. You get to have physical contact with people. You get to talk to people every Sunday. If you're a raging introvert, maybe it's not the best idea to be on the welcome team, on the door, greeting people. I'm just saying. I mean, if you want to challenge yourself, well, fair enough. But just do something that either fits in your skill set or fits in your sort of like soft skills. You know, how, you know, how emotionally intelligent are you? There are things in the church, like the church, I'm going to say this, the church needs way more emotionally intelligent people. Like there are certain things that happen in the church that need to be said with a great degree of emotional intelligence and empathy. So if you know you're good at just um, speaking to people and connecting with people and understanding people, you can serve in church. There are some churches that have counseling teams. So we always look at, if I'm not on the worship team, if I'm not a pastor, if I'm not like doing all these outward expressions of service, then I'm not useful. But everyone, and I repeat, everybody in the body of Christ is useful. That's why we're called a body. Like we are all useful. 
um, that's what I would say to that. Hope, hope that helps in some way. Hope that helps. All right. So the final question for today, more of a mellow one. It's uh, from a good friend of mine. Um, shout out to Plumi, man. Um, what has changed in your mental health in the past four months? Very deep, very deep, <laughs> very deep question. Um, if I'm being honest, it's been, I've learned to, to go easier on myself. Um, I, I'm someone who's always incredibly task oriented, like, okay, what's the next thing? It was so evident after Cold Out Live in London, like the biggest thing I've ever done musically. I woke up the next day and I, I, I you know, talking to my manager, like, all right, cool. What we got next? Like, can we drop a flyer for Atlanta coming and for, for Ottawa and Toronto? And I had to caution myself. I, I think I've learned to celebrate myself a lot more. But at the same time, just take a chill pill and go easy on myself. Um, I realized that whenever I have so much to do on my to-do list and I maybe complete five out of 10, I'm the kind of guy that would say, oh, I'm, I've got a free day tomorrow. I can do 35 things. But really, I only have the capacity to do 15 and do them efficiently well. So when I get to the end of my day and I've only done 15, I don't celebrate the fact that I've done 15. I bemoan the fact that I did 15 out of 35. And that has, you know, seeped into my music career and even other areas of my life that I just want absolute perfection every single time. And it's something I had to pray about. I said, Lord, you know, you know, I am trying, you know, I want to be good at stuff. You know, I want to be excellent. I don't want to take this for granted. I don't want to take this gift for granted. So please help me. And God is like, no, you're not doing it. You're clearly, you clearly are doing okay. Um, just managing my expectations, managing my tasks better has helped clear up so much space in my head. Um, even stuff like social media and not being too um, focused on how many views am I getting? How many likes am I getting? How many followers am I getting? And just trying to achieve more and more and more and more and more. Um, I think God has been using social media to even teach me that, dude, you are enough. Like, I love you so much that it's not about how many followers you have that tells me how influential you are. It's so funny because my pastor at the moment, um, he doesn't have like, quote unquote, a big following, but he's had such a profound influence on my life that can never be overstated. It can, it can, you just can't qualify or quantify how much of an influence he's been on me and many, many, many other incredible artists around the world. He's like a real people person and he's, he's someone who's passionate about creatives as well. So a lot of your favorite creatives, he's had a hand to play and, you know, just their growth and development and no one would ever know, you know, it's, it's crazy how we look at a number and attribute that to level of importance or value and God has been really teaching me to just break those walls down and say Samuel focus on real influence you know focusing on actually giving people valuable things to take home whether that's through my music through my lyrics um, never wasting a song you know like this is such a great opportunity to pass on something valuable to people um, whether it's through the videos I post on IG um, whatever it is, social media has now become a, a space where I want to transfer as much value as possible um, and not care about the numbers it gets. Because if it's 10 people who's like to post 
and there's been one person who has been on the brink of making a wrong decision and what I've said has blessed them so much that they made the right decision, then in that case, I have been influential as opposed to 10,000 people just liking a video, watching me dance. I'm not saying... (laughs) I'm not saying I won't ever dance on IG, but I'm just giving an example because we can often look at the numbers and go, well, this one clearly got way more views and had way more likes. So that's that's great content. And this one had only 10 likes. So that's probably not good content. But the the value and the the content of those two posts are very different. And you clearly know which one is more beneficial. I don't need to say it. So that's how... God has been teaching me about, you know, how social media has an effect on my mental health and how I need to just get a hold of it. And just to anyone out there, man, if you're a content creator and you're going, man, my following isn't big enough, listen, keep posting that content. All I would say is make sure the content is as meaty as possible, full of life. Let the content be something that people would watch and go, I'm glad I watched that today. I'm glad I read that post today. That post has blessed me so much. They might never even DM you. You might never know how influential your posts are, but keep going, man. Keep going. Keep going. Um, scripture says, oh, I don't like being that guy. I think it's Colossians 3, 23, like work as if you're working for God. Work at everything, every single thing you're involved in as if you're doing it for God. And yeah, that's where we're going to end today. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening. If you made it to this to this point, I'm so grateful. Um, uh, thank you so much, man. Um, but yeah, hopefully we're going to get another episode in uh, over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. It's been your boy, Samuel. If you live in Ottawa, Toronto, um, Dallas, or San Antonio, both in Texas, um yeah we're pulling up end of april 23rd 22nd and 23rd so 22nd will be in san antonio 23rd will be in dallas and ottawa i will announce ottawa and toronto i'm going to announce the dates in the coming months thanks for the love thank you for the support and may the peace of the lord that surpasses understanding be with you always in jesus name amen big love